Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. Are we listening to another's voice? Like Nancy uh, relayed today. Are we listening to those little whispers that are telling us to do something else? When she did that, our world changed. Because when you listen to the enemy, you think it's only going to affect you, but it affects everybody. It truly does. And I used, to, I used to try to tell the Lord it didn't. But the more and more I began to see how the enemy works, I see that my sin affects everybody. Not in a new age sort of a Mandela effect or something like that, but just the way in which we live our lives affects people. It affects people. So we have been in a spiritual war since man was created. Each generation has engaged in their own battle. Today, many are waking up to the realization of the battle that we have been called to fight. If you can't see that we're not in a spiritual battle today, absolutely you are blind Bartimaeus because we are in a spiritual battle. This has nothing to do with Republicans and Democrats and conservatives and and liberals. This is a spiritual war. They're coming after our children because the same spirits that were on the earth back in the day, Molech and Ashtoreth, and I could go on, it's the same spirits, different names, just packaged different, but the same spirit is operating. And I just want you to know that you, as a Christian, are hated with a hatred by the enemy. And if you understand that he doesn't care if you're two days old or even not born yet, he doesn't care. He hates us. And that's a sobering thought. It's a sobering thought. So, this war is the battle for the mind. The war to follow the truth and not be led astray by the tsunami of lies that surround us. I'm just going to throw out something. I'm not necessarily saying this, so for the fact checkers out there, what if everything you've known is a lie? What if everything you've been taught in school is a lie? What if everything that you were taught about the solar system and the universe is a lie? What if there has been a group of people led by the enemy that has shaped great deception so that you would believe a lie? What if what you hear on the news every night is a lie? I'm just saying, what if it is? And if you do research, you'll find that a lot of the things that you're told today are lies. They're lies. I won't get into the politics, but as you'll see just lately about Twitter, you know, they're explaining that the CIA was involved in JFK's assassination. These are old truths. If, if you're just now figuring that out, you need to wake up. 
JFK said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to splinter the CIA, these secret groups, in a thousand pieces. A couple of weeks later, he was no longer with us. And that's just one example. We could go on literally for three days talking about just the things that goes on in just America. Regardless of political affiliation, just the spiritual war, because it's those things in the unseen realm that influence the pawns on the chessboard in the natural realm. You only have authority on the earth if you come through the womb. That is your certificate of authority is you come through the womb. And that's why the woman's womb is under attack and has been for so many years. And once again, this, this, this isn't just an affiliation of a political agenda. This is pure evil. Evil. Whatever we are today is the result of what we've been thinking about over the years that we've been living. The Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So it's vitally important to know our thoughts. What do I think about myself? What do I think about other people? What do I think about the future? What about my relationship to God? What about my relationship to one another, our sense of direction in life, our failures, etc.? How many know we can't control everyone else's thoughts? Now, I know if you're a narcissist, you're trying to. I realize that. But you can't control what's going to happen to you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. You don't even know it's coming, good or bad. All we can control is how we respond and what we believe about those things that are going to happen to us. How we think and respond to circumstances outside of our control will be determined by our thoughts and beliefs. What determines what we think? That would be a question. What determines what we think? What determines how we think? If you say anything other than the words of Christ Jesus, you are going down the wrong roads. When Jesus was being tempted by Satan in the wilderness, how did Jesus defeat him? By something he read in the Washington Post or the New York Times? No, he spoke truth. So that's a really good example of how we should deal with the enemy in our own lives. So how much truth do we know? Do we know what Jesus said about this subject? Do we know what Jesus said about that subject? Do we know what Jesus said about this and that and this and that? If we were to take a poll in here, a questionnaire, I would be curious on how much we really know about what Jesus really said. How the kingdom really operates. What Jesus cares about. What moves his heart? And you just scratch a little bit. And to be honest, we just don't know a lot. Because we haven't made him and his word our focus. The Lord taught the disciples to think differently than how they were formally thinking. 
when Jesus called his disciples, they immediately began to think different because they had to operate different. I mean, you just think about Peter. He was busy fishing, providing for his family, and then this man comes up and says, follow me. Now, did Peter say, I want to follow you, but my wife will be really upset, and I got to be home at 4.30 to start helping her with dinner. He immediately just gave a release to everything that made sense, and he followed one that he knew was true. There was something that happened within him that made him say, I'm forsaking everything I've known, and I'm moving forward. And then, as you know, later he decided when he was having some mental issues, he went back fishing. How many of us go back fishing, using that analogy? We all seem to want to go back to Egypt. We all want to go back to our sinful ways. We want to go back to those familiar things. And the Lord wants to bring us away from those things. I'm convinced the reason he made them go through the Red Sea is so they couldn't walk back. When we think upon the thoughts and words of Jesus, we are thinking the most powerful the most powerful thoughts there are. The most powerful thoughts. His words were living. His words were spirit. His words came from the throne of God. They came from the Father. So, isn't it amazing that we have the ability to not only listen to what he said, receive it in our own house, and then let that be almost like a bank account within us, and then when we face things in this earth, in in relationships, we... We send what we've been given out. Jesus said, be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear. He told the Pharisees, watch out for the leaven of the Pharisees. Watch out for the leaven of Herod, the the political and the religious. Because Jesus didn't come to form religion, and he didn't come to build politics. And so many of us get caught up in those streams without even knowing it. And God's a merciful God. But if we want to stay on the straight and narrow, we need to just focus on his words. So when I'm watching Tucker Carlson, I'm focused on the words of Jesus and I'm listening to what he's saying and how that fits into what Jesus was saying. Because Jesus is my foundation, not Tucker Carlson. Not Elon Musk. God's using us, but we have to stay focused on the living word. And we have to have oil Within us, we have to have his presence within us. So, the main battlefield in following the Lord is in the mind. This is like the control tower. 
And God's given all of us that amazing ability to have a mind and to think for ourselves. And the question is, is how are you utilizing your mind? I sit and think about these things when I'm in my quiet place and I'm seeking the Lord and I just wait and I just say, Lord, what does my mind look like? Is my mind focused on you? Or do I have all these catalogs of things that aren't of you? It's almost like you're doing spring cleaning all the time in your mind. You're like, Lord, I don't want anything of what I saw this week to be in my mind. You know, we have eye gates and we have ear gates. We have other gates. But the most important thing, the Bible says, is to guard our what? To guard our heart because it is the wellspring of life, the wellspring. So I don't want anything to contaminate this spring within me. So how do things get into my spring? Through the gates. That's why we watch our gates. So when you get saved, when you come to a saving knowledge of Christ Jesus, immediately our hope is, is we shut all the gates immediately. Oh my goodness, I didn't realize my doors were wide open and my windows were wide open. I've got to shut everything down. And then I have to take an inventory of what is in me. What has been operating in me? Lord, I want you to clean my house. And like the little guy that ran up the tree, Zacharias, Zacchaeus. Hey, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. Think of this as you. Jesus is coming to your house. He's looking for a place to dwell. He's looking for a place to rest. And what is in here that would be offensive to him? And going back to the word of the Lord this morning. If Jesus came into our house and he's a loving, forgiving God, what would he see? Listen, if we don't look at it now, we're going to look at it when we stand before him. Because he's going to reveal what's in us. He did it to the churches in Revelation. He will do it to us. He'll do it to us. And it's for our good. But we've been given time to come before him and clean out the house, to let him clean us up. It's called sanctification, sanctification. All right. Our greatest battles are fought in the battlefield of the mind. We must begin to believe wholeheartedly what the word says about us and don't believe for one minute anything else our adversary or others say to condemn confuse or detour us from the truth that's found in Christ Jesus. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Now, we can all go amen and just keep reading, but let's read this again. Romans 12, 2, do not, Christian, be conformed to this world. Well, first of all, 
If I'm not going to be conformed to something called the world, shouldn't I know what the world is? What is the world that I'm not supposed to be conforming to? The lust of the eyes, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the thoughts and the perspectives and the beliefs that are in the world. I have to begin to come out of that way of thinking and put on Jesus' mind, the mind of Christ. And it's a transition. It takes a minute. There's no condemnation. And the Lord knows where you're at on that process of coming away from a certain way of thinking. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How am I transformed? How do I become How do I go from a caterpillar to a butterfly? How do I transform myself? By the renewing of my mind. Who renews your mind? It's a partnership. As you say, Lord, this is what's in my mind. And tell him he already knows it. Tell him, confess what's in your mind. Everything. Everything. Do I have to be descriptive? Just say everything. He already knows it. Confess it. Lay it before him and say, Lord, I don't want this anymore. But it just seems like it's rooted and grounded in here, and I need you to show me how to pull it out. Now you've brought it before him. You've confessed it. Now he'll say, let's work on that. He will begin to help you make that transformation out of old ways of thinking into new paths. All the time the scripture talks about the pathways, it's talking about your thinking. You know, John the Baptist, it says, Jesus said of John the Baptist, he's far more greater than a prophet. And I would be like, well, what is so great about John the Baptist other than being a prophet of the Most High, which is amazing to be called that in the first place, right? But he was appointed and created to prepare the way of the Lord on the earth. He was the one that said, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He was the one that was given the authority to speak those words about the Lamb of God that came to change everything. How did he prepare? Did he get bulldozers out and make a path, a dirt path? Did he get on Twitter and Facebook and tell everybody to show up? No. He got people to change the way they were thinking. He got people to start thinking now about other things, things that were about the kingdom. And it was the word of God coming out of his mouth that began to shape their thoughts. That's why we have to speak the word of God. That will take root. If your kids don't want to hear what you say, I get it. I've had four kids. 
Just speak the word of God. It might not bend them today, but it's going to start working. It's going to work because the word of God never returns void. It doesn't. And if you got a whole bunch of enemy birds eating all the seed of the word of God, pour so much seed on the ground that they can't eat it all. We had chickens up in Sutton for a while, and thank the Lord we don't anymore. But man, those chickens, when they have not eaten, as it's coming out of the bag, it's like they're flying up to get it. And I would be like, oh my goodness. So I would just dump the whole bag on the ground and almost bury them in it. And I'd be like, take that. That's what we have to do to the enemy. We have to absolutely gorge, engorge the Word of God. Get obese on the Word of God. Just absolutely go for it. Go for it. Ask the Lord for such a huge appetite that you look like Jabba the Hutt in the spirit. You're just obese. And even the birds are like, forget it. Those enemy birds that come to steal the sea, they're just like, forget it. This guy's ridiculous. Colossians 3, verses 1 through 5. I'm just asking, do we do this? If I were to point you out and say, do you do this? Colossians 3, 1 through 5. Set your mind on things that are above. Do we set our mind on things that are above? Do we set our mind? Or do we start thinking about all these things down here under the cloud of politics or under the cloud of the negativity and we live under this kind of dark place? Or do we rise above and take in the light and spread the light? We're spreading the light in darkness. Yeah, it's fine to listen to all that. I'm a watchman. I, I, I think, you know, Mark and I talk about a lot of things, and if you, just an aside, if you really want to get out there, download a podcast called Blurry Creatures. Blurry Creatures is really good at talking about paranormal things, supernatural things. Some of it's good, some of it's bad, but regardless, it really brings you out of the lines, like coloring in the lines, you know, when you're kids. But we need to grow in our understanding of what's really going on. And it will give you such a higher view of what's really going on on the earth. And Jesus is in charge. And it's amazing. And you begin to see how really wealthy in the spirit realm we really are. It is absolutely amazing. You know, we're, just, we're not just existing here to pay bills. And I think that's what the enemy wants us to get caught up in. You're just here to pay bills. You know, I just got a promotion at work, and I'm moving January 1st, um, and they gave me the 13 western states to call on all the fire departments and law enforcement uh, agencies. 
And I had been given a word back in May that the Lord was going to increase my travel. I would love to be in Sutton with a year's worth of food and oil and gas uh, because of what I think's coming. But the Lord's like, yeah, I know that's probably what you want. But I need you to be here. I want you to be where you don't want to be. In a sense, you know. I mean, I want to be where he wants me to be. But we're coming to a time where we have to believe what we believe, what we say we believe. We have to absolutely just say, okay, I'm doing it. And I don't care what it looks like or who says anything about it, I'm doing this. And I'm able to talk about things now that I have not been able to talk about, well, I talk about things like crazy, but now people are starting to listen because the world is starting to expose who it really is. The system that's been at play, it's beginning to be exposed. And Jesus said everything that's been hidden will be exposed. So as things are beginning to be exposed, I can be there and say, well, yeah, we live in Satan's world system. God made the world, but Satan has been given a lease for a season, and he has built all these structures that keep us in bondage. We were born in Pharaoh's house. Try not to pay your taxes and find out. You are in Pharaoh's house. But Moses isn't coming to deliver us. Jesus is coming to deliver us. And for those that can hear it, We've already been delivered. We are already in the promised land. We just have to live it and believe it and walk in it. I'm not in chains waiting, dragging my chains. No, I have been set free. My job is to go and tell everybody else, you can be free now. Yeah, I can't wait for Jesus to split the eastern sky, but he's already split in me. He is living and moving and active in me. So that's why I spend time, because I receive more of him, more of his presence, more of his fire. And I want to blaze. I don't want to just be this little big lighter. It's said that John the Baptist was a blazing torch, a blazing torch. And I go, well, then what was he doing to be a blazing torch? He was set on the Word of God. He knew his mission, and he lived it. That's what he did. He knew who he was, and he believed it, and he walked in it. And what a great example of how we all struggle right before he was killed, he began to listen to another voice. Oh no, I'm in jail. Is this really the one? And then Jesus spoke about it. He said, you go tell John that the deaf hear that the blind see, and that the lame leap, and don't be offended by me. 
John was spot on. But even John the Baptist began to receive the warfare of taking the truth of what he knew out of him. And he began to waver. And he began to receive an unstable spirit. Because it's the spirit of our mind. The deeper truth of our mind is that spirits try to control the spirit of our mind. It's not just the brain. It's the spirit of our mind. And we should have the spirit of Christ, which is the mind of Christ. And we need to almost like a military person practice the word of God in our minds. I was telling Linda that my upbringing was pretty rough um, not horribly, but, but it was pretty rough. And I came out of a satanic family, and, and a practicing satanic family. And I remember once I got saved, it was like Jesus said, you will be found in me, in my word. So I just said, I can't listen to anything else. I can't listen to anything else. I can't look at anything else. I have to just absolutely shut out every single thing that would want to set up shop in me because the enemy wants to set up things within us like in a in a house he wants a piece of furniture here he wants tammuz there he wants ashtoreth here he wants all of the lies of the culture in us i'll keep moving ephesians 4 verse 21 you were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. So our desires have to change. So we submit our desires to the Lord. Lord, here's my desires. They're horrific. Here's my desires. I need you to change my desires. I'm submitting my mind. I'm submitting my desires to you. Lord, come and change me. Now, let me talk about real quickly about strongholds. Our adversary takes advantage of the lies that he has us believing. So we all believe lies one way or another. He knows if he can keep these lies deeply rooted in our heart and mind that he can keep us from causing his kingdom too much trouble. If the enemy can keep us blind, he knows we're not going to shine too bright. We're not going to be too much of an influencer for the kingdom. Once the enemy begins to find, listen to this, once the enemy finds the areas of non-awareness that we are not taking captive to the obedience of Christ, his lies slip through our gates, and like putting stones in a river, one by one, he works to choke out the flow of life, which you are growing so unaware of. Awareness is what we need. Awareness like a soldier on the battlefield. If you imagine a river flowing, every day little lies and perspectives get thrown in the river, like little rocks. And like, I can see this little demonic thing kind of throwing a stone, a belief, or a thought in my river. And if, and if I don't keep watch over my flow, my flow of the Holy Spirit, pretty soon 
that mighty river has turned into a trickle because he keeps throwing stones in my river that dam it up. Like the wells that they talked about in Genesis. For those that want to go there. God wants to dig out the wells that have been covered up. There's many streams within us. Streams of his presence. Streams of thinking. But the enemy just keeps them buried. Or he keeps the flow from being too much. And if you do yoga, and I'm not trying to be hard on yoga, but... The person that invented yoga got that by revelation from transcendental meditation. He got it from an entity because the wells that are in you start closing to the spirit and opening to those entities. Just do research. All right, uh, let's see. At first, it's exhausting. This is once you first get saved. At first, it's exhausting after you've captured enemies' thoughts all day long. Because you're aware now, and you're going, oh, my goodness, all these thoughts I'm having. Well, that's what you've always had. You just didn't, you didn't know it. Now you're using your spiritual eyes. You're now aware of the thoughts that are going on in your head all day long. And you see how nasty and dirty and how corrupt our minds are. Like the Scripture says. We've been darkened, and our understanding is not aware. One after the other, but I assure you, like anything that is new, after practicing these new tools of awareness, you will soon become a hard target for the enemy as your gates to the old nature are slowly closing as less and less lies can come through your gates due to your awareness and fighting off the fiery darts and the daily lies. As you push out these lies from within as you put a watchman at the gate of your mind. Satan has been working on you from a young age, his goal being to build a fortress, a tower of darkness in you as a temple for himself. You who are in Christ were once a temple, a worship center for Satan, but now in Christ you are God's temple where he dwells and rules as we fight off any attacks from the enemy to still our faith and to remove God from the throne of our heart. Paul said that we were not to be unaware of the enemy's devices and schemes, 2 Corinthians 2.11. Now let's talk about strongholds. Strongholds. Strongholds are a collection of ideas that are in agreement with Satan. A stronghold is a collection of ideas that are in agreement with Satan. And it could just be a little bitty lie. But he has a place in you. Remember Jesus said, the enemy's coming, but he has no place in my mind. He has no place in my emotion. He has no place in my will. And he has no place in my flesh. He has no place in me. And the Lord's looking around at everybody else and he's going, we got to clean that. Oh, we got to get that. We got. He's seeing that we all have places. 
So our pursuit of the Lord, number one, is to spend time with him in his word so he can show us where we're judging others, where we're lying to ourselves, where we're like the word today, where we're compromising a little bit, just a little bit. Ain't going to hurt nobody. A collection of lies begins to be a stronghold. Stronghold thinking uses human logic, reasoning, arguments, rationalizations, justifications, defenses, and denial to come up against anything that challenges the unsurrendered soul's belief system. I'm going to read that again. Stronghold thinking uses human logic, reasoning, worldly reasoning, Worldly arguments, rationalizations, justifications, defenses, and denial to come up against anything that challenges the unsurrendered soul. Our soul, our mind, will, and emotions should be surrendered to the Lord. Like Paul said in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. These arguments Paul speaks of are lies from Satan. They're worldly perspectives, well-crafted to seem really right. Like when the Pope and the, the Wephites, the World Economic Forumites, they all went to Sinai two weeks ago, for those who are not aware of these things. And they concocted new Ten Commandments to Gaia and repented for climate disaster. So the religion that's coming and is already here is climate religion. And they're going to take every nation and make us all abide by their Ten Principles to keep the earth and take dominion over it. Google it. It happened. This is what I'm saying. We need to be watchmen. All this is happening all around us, but we're so caught up on Hunter Biden's laptop, which is true. But the overarching thing is what is the enemy forming? And what nations are coming together? The king of the north and the king of the south. Who's watching? Some of the lies that we believe is he doesn't love me. Things will never change in my life. I can't do anything right. No one cares for me. I'll never amount to anything. You've, you've heard all the lies. So how do strongholds get established? Satan desires to be enthroned in your life. Once Christ is on the throne of your life and you, be, you become saved, Satan's goal is to enthrone himself upon that throne by using you to allow him entrance into the gate of the temple, your thought gate, by straight lies or arrows supernaturally charged with demonic energy that gets embedded into your heart. These arrows release emotion that clouds our thinking, and as the clouds come, we lose more awareness until we are knocked out of our position our stronghold of thinking. It's strategic. He uses emotion 
to cloud our mind so we move past into things we shouldn't move into, just like Nancy was saying today. In Revelation 3, verse 20, it says, Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock, saying, give me access to your life. Give me access to your life. We give access to the enemy all day long if we're receiving things and just leaving our front door open and our windows open. Shut all your doors. Don't listen to anything that's not spoken of by Christ. Now, let me clarify. I listen to all kind of mess, but I don't let it come in. You know, it's like standing in the front yard and there's a bunch of dogs in the neighborhood that want to come and do their business on my yard. I just go, hey, uh-uh. If you allow a dog or whatever to come into your yard and just have its way, he's going to tell everybody else about it. Hey, we can go over here. He ain't going to say nothing. We need to be good soldiers that are aware of what's going on in our life. Hey, listen, every man and woman in here is tempted. Satan is a tempter. The question is, is do you even realize that you're being tempted? Are you even aware enough that we're being tempted? I say this to myself. I'm not talking down. I'm saying all of us are in the same war here. Are we even aware that we're being tempted? It's like in the movie The Matrix. This little guy named Mouse had made a program, and he's walking. And if you haven't seen the movie, I wish I could play the clip. But, but they're all like these normal people, and he's walking in like New York City, and he's bumping into all these people. And then all, and it's all black and white. And then there's this beautiful woman in a red dress, like Marilyn Monroe uh, looking. And he goes, wow. And he totally just gets blown out all of a sudden. You know, he's a young guy. He's got testosterone in him. And then Morpheus goes, look again. And he looked around, and it wasn't a woman in a red dress. It was the enemy. Things that come and tempt us don't come with fangs and blood hanging out of their mouth. Things that come to tempt us are good things. Hey, Jesus, you haven't eaten in 40 days. Isn't that sourdough bread just smells so good? Turn those rocks into sourdough bread. And Jesus said this to prove who he was. Test not the Lord your God. He told everybody who he was. It is written, test not the Lord your God. How do you break a stronghold? When we come to the Lord in prayer and reading his word, we see how we have been played mentally. We then, once this realization comes, we repent ASAP. We forgive ourselves. We take up our authority and declare the truth. We rebuke the devil, and he will flee. And if you fortify that area that keeps being slipped through, that, with the Lord's help, will become a place of strength so that it's not your strength, it's his strength. Because I can do all things through Christ who gives us 
We got to say that again. Like, I mean, I, I'm being honest. I, I'll just say this. And once again, I'm on the team here, right? We're, we're all on the same team. But if I'm a football, I'll avoid going down that rabbit trail. If I'm on a football team, I want every single person on that offensive line or that defensive line to be in unity, to be in sync, because our goal is to win. And I don't want people going, you know, picking up daisies. I want them laser-focused, like laser-focused. And we don't do this in our own strength. I'm not talking about a works-based relationship. When you fall in love with Christ, you're doing things out of a love and a desire to please him. It's not, you know, like self-flagellation. I got to do this. You know, I want to please my wife. Now, sometimes the things that she might want me to do, I just do it because I want to please her. I mean, that's just how it is. And if we'll do that for our wife or our significant other, we won't do it for the king of all kings and the Lord of the universe. We have to come to this place where we're so focused that nothing can take us down. Not in an arrogant way. We just stay hidden. Notice that we are told to take our thoughts captive. We must be aware and alert in our mind to do this. This is picking up our cross. This is denying ourselves. This is your part in following the Lord. As we change the... Uh, the attire or the attitude of our mind, we become more like him because his word is living and active and brings the change into our lives. So, I could read you a bunch of scriptures, but I think you guys get the point. The most important thing that I read when I first got saved was not only the scriptures, but I read a book and it, was, and it was called a Victory Over the Darkness by Neil T. Anderson. This basic little book. And it showed how one way of thinking is of the enemy, and one way of thinking is what Jesus says about me. I just tried to memorize as many scriptures as I could so that when even in my own flesh, in my own heart, I, I wanted to go to the evil side... I would read that list of scriptures and it would just kind of pull me back toward the light to where I could walk in the light of truth. And then pretty soon, the pull of that darkness got less and less. Now, I'm not saying I didn't at times go take a dip in the pool. But what I'm saying is, is those dips in the pool got less and less and less, and that's the walk that we have. And those are weapons of our warfare, or walking in truth, declaring the word of God, and cleaning out, with the Lord's help, our heart, taking an inventory, you know? So my question is, you don't have to raise your hand, and I'll finish with this. How many of us, really know 
the strategy of the enemy in our lives. I can tell you, I can tell you, we don't ever know it all, obviously, because he's a deceiver, and he's really good at it. But I used to have a journal, and I would write down the things that would come at me all the time. And they were things that I wanted. They were still a part of that transformation. as parts of me that had not yet been transformed. And I used to list them out and say, doubt airlines, lust airlines, anger airlines, like all these things that would just trip me up. I would learn the scriptures, and then I would just begin to be aware of when those things would come around. They were like weather patterns. Some days I had sunny skies. I didn't have any weather. But when the weather would come in, I would take cover, and I would be on alert. It's just like Jesus said, if you want to understand, if you want to see me, the invisible God, if you want to see the invisible God, look at creation. So I look at the weather patterns, and we just got dumped on. So my question is in the spirit realm, did you guys feel anything? Not that our weather is related to our natural, I'm just, you know, spiritually speaking, there are weather patterns. So are you aware of what's going on in your life? Stand with me if you would. I just real quick, let's just throw a big whammo in the enemy's camp real quick. I want everybody to say this with me. All right, everybody, this is going to be scriptural, so I'm not asking you to say some new age, you know, Baharama weird thing, all right? All I'm going to say right now is, Father, I forgive everybody that has ever hurt me in my family, in my marriage, in my church, in my relationships, in my job. I forgive them in Jesus' name. Learn to forgive, 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 even if you don't feel it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Think of anybody that when you think of them, you just kind of snarl up. You like immediately come to the evil side. Just go, I forgive them. I forgive them. And if you need help, go see Linda right here on the third row. I'm going to put her on the spot. Linda's been doing deliverance ministry for 30 years. I've sat in many of them with Linda. These people are set free. Absolutely changed completely different. She knows what she's doing. She's anointed to do it. All of us have the ability, but some of us are, you know, have an anointing to do it. Linda has an anointing to do it. If you're struggling, why wait another day? Why wait another day? Amen. Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you that you have not left us by ourselves, just waiting, wringing our hands for you to return. But Lord, you've given us powerful weapons and truth that transforms. And God, I just pray that your mighty Holy Spirit, God, would embolden us today, God, to take your word and move on it and act on it and begin to declare it in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.